We may have gotten dusted in DFS in week three, but the FBI is going to let us victory lap our Miami Dolphins running back bags today. It's the portfolio review. We're going to hit on DFS action, the Deposit Kingdom tournament, our best ball mania teams, and also another massive week for the Deposit Kingdom. We sent another drafter to Miami. We're also going to do the giveaway from Friday's show for those of you who correctly guessed which players would be in the winning Millie Maker lineup. It's the portfolio review. Let's go. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP, cold spot, bullets in your head like KD. Bust it, bust it, bitch go bust it. And I had 10 points with me in Russia. Hey everyone. All right, GMs all around. Uh, Schwa saying, how about that Raheem Mostert call? Yeah, I do have your name down for our giveaway in the comments on Friday's show with Jam to Win. We had a couple one-week season uh, subs to give away. And uh, uh, it was interesting to go through the responses this morning. There was so much Mike Williams, so much Justin Jefferson. Schwa was on Raheem Mostert. One sicko had Adam Thielen in the winning Millie Maker lineup. A few of you guys got Tank Dell correctly. So we will do that giveaway here toward the end of the show. But congratulations to all of you soothsayers who looked into the crystal ball to figure out uh, who was going to be in that winning Millie Maker lineup here. Uh, Chris says 1.13% of BBM4 teams had the A-Chain Mostert combo. Yes, I have a few of them. We can uh, check it out today. I have a ton of A-Chain, a ton of Mostert, and uh, I think it was three teams I had them together. So we can scope that out. AJ in Carolina is excited that the FBI let us off the hook to talk best ball. Um, let's do a little housekeeping here. I believe the ducks need to be fed, right? The ducks, they're, are they hungry? They're hungry. All right, let's get the ducks fed. Peter is thirsty, so Peter needs coffee. Let's get some coffee here. I had a, a truly pitiful pour on the Sunday AM cram yesterday because I was all out of coffee. I thought I had enough for, you know, a, a decent pour, and it was just a real half-assed effort. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to promote these Sunday crams, and I'm not doing a good job promoting it because I, I assume if you become a YouTube member, you are paying for really strong, hearty pours. I didn't deliver that yesterday. Also, I had my computer crash in the middle of the cram. So yesterday had a rough show. I, I flag planted uh, or gold star locked of the week, Kyle Pitts. So with all that being said, become a YouTube member and you too can get half-assed pours, the stream crashing and Kyle Pitts as my GPP play of the week. But this is a forward thinking show. Actually, it's kind of a backward thinking show because we're reviewing the portfolio, but you get what I'm saying. All right, that was a better coffee pour. That was a better coffee pour here. Um, let's get a little banner going here. Little banner, how we doing in, in the chat? Jerome, that's that's beautiful. That That's the name of uh, his future biography. Adam Thielen, when dust turns into gold. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> I don't even think Tyler's kidding when he says my YouTube membership is simply for cloud. I, I actually believe that a hundred percent. Um, yeah, man, Laporta, uh, that was the play, right? Yeah. Laporta looked, uh, looked awesome. Honestly, like it's, uh, the, the Kyle Pitts stuff, he had a couple catches early and I was like, you know what? That feels good because when you play Kyle Pitts, it's very well within the range of outcomes that he scores zero points. So the fact that he was getting a couple of catches there, um, I'll have to check his utilization. I'm pretty sure he had a shit ton of air yards again. The prayer yards king himself. Let me get some screen share going here and we can uh, we can check this out. I did lock button uh, Kyle Pitts on my main tournament teams. I stuck, uh, I mostly um, stayed true to what I've been saying of playing a single lineup. I did do one small pivot um, to get uh, an extra pick in in one of the other contests. Um, but for the most part, I rolled with the same lineup. But now out of curiosity, I do just want to see what the Kyle Pitts utilization was yesterday just to see how much I can cope. Um, week three, 24% of the targets, which is actually up from week one, 18%, 14%. Um, still down in the 56% catchable targets range. A dot still solid. Air yard still solid. And like, this is how gross tight end is. Kyle Pitts currently is the tight end th uh, 13 on the week. So he's still a fridge tight end uh, one on the week, even after disappointing from a GPP perspective. But again, Karain wrote about this in his his walkthrough routes, uh, targets per route run. <laughs> like like the underlying metrics are, are, are not bad, but it's just Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith um, are never uh, are never on our side. They never want to make our lives fun and interesting. Um, let's check out my main team here on DraftKings. I mentioned this on the cram, but I did not feel good heading into this slate. Um, I mentioned how I was like, normally I would want to scale up my play. Like, hey, I have a good week. Let's blast off a little bit. Let's uh, enter some higher dollar tournaments. Did not feel good heading into this week. So I did keep my play um, similarly from a volume standpoint played the spy, the red zone, and then some of the smaller tournaments here. Um, ended up rolling out her cousin's double. Um, we were talking about this on the cram. We did the poll and saying, hey, who is going to be more popular, KJ Osborne or Jordan Addison? It kind of seemed crazy to me that Jordan Addison, who is $1,500 more and also has a very similar underlying usage profile to KJ Osborne, was going to be that more popular. Because I just assumed earlier in the week, both on the swole cast when we did the block party with jam to win on friday i was like oh osborne's gonna be the chalk it's gonna be him and tank dell and then it seemed like addison was getting so much steam that i then thought holy cow we actually have a way to attack this game from both a salary relief perspective and a low ownership perspective so i was actually very happy with how this percentage came in here kj osborne at six point eight percent cousins obviously extremely chalky that's going to happen whenever you know he's popping in optimals i know almost all the cash game bros had kirk cousins as their quarterback did double stack him with jefferson couldn't really imagine playing cousins without jefferson and then the part where i'm mad at myself is i knew i wanted a chargers bring back I knew I didn't want to play Mike Williams. I talked about it on the show. Like there's types of players I do not want to play at extremely high ownership. Traditionally boom bust type guys like Mike Williams. I get it. $6,000, incredibly cheap for his role. But we have seen Mike Williams disappear in these spots. I thought he was somewhat bad chalk. 
um, he ended up having a good line. Um, so I can take the L on that. But what I was, what I'm mad at from a process standpoint is I wanted to play Keenan Allen and I ended up chickening out and doing Josh Kelly as the chalk bring back just an absolute pitiful performance by him at 35%. Here, 2.7 points. Obviously, Keenan Allen goes absolutely nuclear. And the reason I didn't get in Keenan Allen is because I decided I just had to play Calvin Ridley. I just had to play Calvin Ridley. I actually thought he was a good play. Um, I knew ETN was getting steamed up. And then Christian Kirk, that was another poll we did on the Sunday cram. What was going to be the ownership for Kirk and Ridley? And again, you were saving a lot of money with Christian Kirk, but I was like, holy cow, if we're going to get Ridley sub 15%, which is what happened here, I said, I'll do my own little building block in this game of ETN, Ridley, and Tank Dell. And even though I knew ETN was going to be popular, even though I knew Tank Dell was going to be popular, I actually thought like this block in conjunction with the Minnesota block was going to be relatively unique. And so this was one of those spots where I definitely played this lineup much chalkier than I think I normally or historically would play my my single entry lineups. Part of that was feeling a little paralyzed by this slate. And part of it by was by running the lineups in the Sims. And other than a couple CJ Stroud lineups here, let me move myself down here for a second. Other than a few of these CJ Stroud lineups that you can see bubbled up here, um, I really couldn't get any of my other lineups to return um a positive roi within the simulation so you can see my top lineup here by a sim roi perspective is the one that i rolled out here in the spy it's nice here in the solver because i was able to sim it specifically for this contest hundred dollar spy and so it was the cousins kelly etn jefferson tank dell osborne kyle pitts calvin ridley and jets defense um, had a nice both sim ROI and cash rate. These were all the teams that I was hand building and tinkering with here. You can see I did a ton of different variations. And this is my favorite way to use the solver. I know a lot of people have been asking, you know, how are you using it? Or do you have a target sim ROI? And the thing I keep saying now as I get used to it is I am not using a target sim ROI for just all lineups. I'm basically hand building my lineups and then seeing which of the lineups that I like that I hand built score out the best and then using those in the appropriate size contest. So that's how I've been using it. That's how I landed on this uh, this team here. And, you know, I, I think that the Kelly versus Keenan thing is the thing I'm probably most upset about because... I felt that Keenan's ownership might be held in check. I want to see what he came in here, if I can find him. 15%. And this is what I said on the cram, too. And this is where Keenan Allen came in last week against the Titans. And Keenan Allen at 15% in this spot, um, I'm mad that I didn't get up to him. I was making such a big investment in that game with the Kirk Cousins double. Um, and I chickened out and I played Joshua Kelly as the bring back instead when I could have 2v2'd it and gone up to Keenan, right? So that would have been $300. So I'd have had to been in the 5,100 range. That would have left me. I could have done the Kendra Miller play, which failed. Um, or I could have done Jerome Ford, who I was starting to consider just a teeny bit. Um, so I'm kind of mad at how I played that. Um, and yeah, I don't, the Jags are kind of broken right now. Um, they're a very frustrating team. ETN, a little bit frustrating too. He continues to look good with his touches, moves the ball all the way down the field and then gets yanked at the goal line for Tank Bigsby. But I guess that is part of the Travis ETN experience. 
the rest of this lineup, obviously Kyle Pitts at 5.9%. You know, part of this thing was I knew my lineup was going to be decently chalky with Cousins, ETN, Jefferson, and Tank Dell, even Jets defense, that I wanted to pull a couple of levers to make sure it was unique. And I knew Kyle Pitts would be one of those levers. So chalkier lineup for me, but thought the building blocks and a couple of these picks, Osborne and Kyle Pitts, would make it um, a decent lineup. The results were not there. We got absolutely dusted. I can show you guys the, um, let me pop myself back up here. I can show you guys the variation of this lineup that I ran in the red zone. One thing I was struggling with is there was a couple of these plays in the 5k wide receiver range that I really liked. And I really was trying to get Zay Flowers and Nico Collins into some teams. It didn't fit the way I wanted to build out this main team, but I ran a variation of this same team that was basically a Zay Flowers, Nico Collins, Bills, 3v3 off of Jets, Calvin Ridley, and Tank Dell. Um, obviously, the the Nico two or the Tank Dell, the Nico one didn't work out. Um, Zay Flowers had a muted game there at 13. Bill's defense, though, more than made up for it. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted some access to Flowers and Nico Collins. So did that little 3v3. And that was then another nice thing that I did in the Sims is then I was able to run it for the spy. Um, I was able to go to my lineup, simulate this for the red zone contest. And then notice that this lineup actually looked a little bit better in the larger contest, which makes sense, right? Because the other lineup was more dependent on correlation. It was really heavy on the Jags and that Vikings game. This this lineup had more one-offs with um, with Zay Flowers. And so I it did. You can see here then when I sim this for the different contest, the fifty dollars red zone. Now this one actually flips the lineup that I rolled out in the smaller contest. And that's, again, one of my favorite ways to use the solver is to test these types of teams against different field sizes. And so that's why I thought, hey, this gets me in a couple of plays I like, and it's actually returning a better sim ROI. So I know I've been getting lots of questions on how I'm using the sim. That, that basically sums it up. Hand building my lineups, running them in the contests I'm playing, and then making just a couple of tweaks um, if I do want to um, get another lineup in there. I got the link down below to the solver if you guys want to check it out. I believe they have a $19.99 a month for the hand building uh, simulator there. So I found it very helpful. Even though I didn't win this week, I think it's you know helping me make clear decisions across my lineups here. Yeah, I'm probably being hard on myself um Mookie says here I don't think Ridley over Keenan was that bad they projected similarly and Ridley actually came in lower Keenan definitely had better leverage against the rest of the field though I think I think you're right I think if if Ridley would have shown up in this contest um in the spy at around like 20 percent I do think I could have beat myself up but my reads yesterday on the cram the three polls I did where we were basically comparing kind of my gut GPP feel two ownership perspectives all played out how I thought, which was, holy cow, Osborne's going to be way less than Addison. Calvin Ridley's going to be way less than Kirk and that the Jets defense was going to be more popular than the Bills. Um, and that ended up being being true as well. And that was what was such a bummer on this main team is this maxed out my salary. 
And so I had to use the Jets defense here, which I like, right? I mean, one of the better defenses in football in the lowest total game on the slate going against Mac Jones, not really going to complain about that. And yet in this other lineup where I went down from Ridley to Zay and Nico, I was able to get up to the Bills defense and that gap in ownership ended up being pretty meaningful too. And obviously you get just a slam dunk defensive performance. So 32 points at 12% versus four points at 25%. That's a huge, huge, huge swing there. Um, but yeah, I I feel okay uh, about this lineup. It's one of those things where it's like you invest in a Jags blow up spot and you invest in a Vikings blow up spot. And I mean, the thesis is like almost there. It's almost there. Calvin Ridley, I don't know what's going on with him. Obviously, I've been a big fader of Calvin Ridley. He seems to still be earning a ton of targets, but just not converting. He's also been getting banged up, I feel like, on a lot of plays. I don't know if you, any of you film bros, you all 22 bros, know what's going on with Calvin Ridley. Um, targets down from week one, that 35% target share down to 18% these past two weeks. ADOT's still pretty good. ADOT actually increased 9, 12, 15 this week, decent share of the air yards, but you know, Christian Kirk, similar amount of targets. Um, Zay Jones didn't play this week. And then how many targets did uh, Evan Ingram get yesterday? Evan Ingram had 20% of the targets too, which was kind of the reason I wanted to fade Calvin Ridley at those prices is the fact that these targets were going to be spread around in ETN and Bigsby were going to be a big focal point there. So yeah, I, I think Calvin Ridley still going to have some monster days. Um, but I do think the early second or the late second round fade on Calvin Ridley um, is probably going to end up being okay. Um, let me see here. Let me, let me check in on the chat here. By the way, I, I referenced this a ton. I'll keep mentioning it. This is the utilization report at Fantasy Life. It's already updated with the week three games that have played. It's just an awesome, awesome resource here. Um, as you guys are reviewing your teams, looking at situations, you can go position by position, team by team, um, and go look through all of the data. It's very, uh, very fun. Graphic says, uh, Ridley slammed into the goalpost versus KC. Yeah, I missed that one. I, I saw a couple plays where he came up limp. GA thinks it's more Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he looks rough too. That's one thing I'm glad I didn't do because I had I was like, man, I'm playing Ridley and ETN. Do I just want to play Trevor Lawrence at less ownership than Kirk Cousins? And uh, I did not end up doing that. And partly too, because the way I was thinking about that is not that I'm opposed to correlating quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, but because ETN hadn't been catching a ton of passes, he actually caught uh, a decent amount yesterday. I thought that if ETN had a lot of the production through the ground that it would cap Trevor Lawrence's like 90th percentile outcomes. And the way I was kind of thinking about um, ETN and Ridley in that spot is like, could I get a 2022 Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams dynamic where it's like one of them goes for 30 plus and the other doesn't kill you in the 20 to 25 point range. That's what I thought was kind of possible for them in that game environment. Obviously that's not how it played out, but that was the story I told myself here. Um, your Quentin Johnston shares are dust if you don't have Brandon Johnson on the bring back. I've seen a lot of people trying to like body bag Quentin Johnston, which again, he hasn't been good, but it does feel weird to body bag a rookie like hours before the guy playing ahead of him is about to be announced out for the season. That does seem like a little weird for me. I, I would maybe wait 
uh, to dance on QJ's grave until we see how this plays out when his playing time increases here. Hmm. Um, oh, Historical anom Anomalies is already saying that this news actually broke. I know Pelissero was reporting. Oh, there it is. Uh, oh, well, the, it, Rappaport had the report. Williams feared to have suffered potential season-ending knee injury. Anyways, let's let's move on a little bit. Let's check out the Deposit Kingdom, and then we can transition to some best ball stuff here. Deposit Kingdom Weekly League. I ran that same lineup, obviously, that I had in the Spy in this contest. Uh, no repeat champ from the Deposit King here in this weekly league. As a reminder, this is a rake-free contest on DraftKings. $10 entry. Every single week, this is filled before the weekend. I keep increasing the size. I think we started at 250, then it was 300. This week, it was 350. I'll make it 400 entries for week four. I post the link to this generally on Tuesdays in the Deposit Kingdom announcement section. So hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, um, and you'll get alerted. I, there's very rarely ping alerts in the deposit kingdom. When you get an alert, um, it's the announcement and it generally means a new weekly league is posted. And I've seen multiple people say, Hey, I, I waited too long to get in there. It's been filling by late Friday. Um, so that is your alpha. If you want to get in this week's tournament, hop in the discord and make sure you're registered by the weekend. Let's see who took it down strictly business. What an apropos name for taking down this tournament. And man, look at this, just this lineup, this lineup is so tilting, right? Because it looks a lot like the team I wanted to make. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, he does Alexander Madison instead of KJ Osborne there. Keenan Allen as the bring back instead of Joshua Kelly. And then of course you got to play Raheem Mostert. Holy cow, 45.2 points for Raheem Mostert. Galbrain's Nelson Aguilar at 3.7%. I actually think that was a pretty sharp um, punt wide receiver play with uh, with Odell Beckham out. Had to play Kyle Pitts. This is how you su survive Kyle Pitts. You get 45 points from Raheem Mostert, and then you play Adam Thielen. 3,900, only 10% in the deposit kingdom. None of us wanted to play the dusty 33-year-old who went off for 145 yards, a touchdown, and 11 catches. And then Brown's defense, also really nice play, paying up a little bit more at defense at 3,300, 4.9%. Um, so congratulations to Strictly Business. Really nice lineup here. Ran away with this, won by 10 points. Mud Skippers in second place shared a couple similar players in Madison and Thielen. Had Mahomes stacked with Kelsey there. Those guys didn't quite pay off their salary, you know, for more mid-stakes or, or sorry, mid-size to large field contests. But in a 350-person contest, the Mahomes and Kelsey duo was, dare I say, perfectly cromulent. Um, got the Adam Thielen and Tank Dell uh, picks right. Amari Cooper was a nice play there, as was Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker at 20%, maybe a little more popular in the Deposit Kingdom than he was in some of the bigger contests but yeah another massive game for kenneth walker continues to kind of show um that big play ability so yeah really like this team here from mud skippers mm. poor gary has big mike on seven season long teams might have to break edge tonight and down some plastic judd vodka to deal with this stay strong gary stay strong um C-Rock ran out the Watson Cooper stack in the Deposit Kingdom, then jammed in all of the wrong plays around it. Yeah, this was one of those weeks. I remember 
last year there's and, and this is why like tournament stuff can mess with your head so much like the good chalk bad chalk where it's like well there was some really good chalk you know like tank dell was an absolute smash you know justin herbert uh absolute smash and then then there's bad chalk then there's joshua kelly just completely flopping on his face um what did what did addison end up coming in I'm curious because I know that he was a very steamy player to those Kirk Cousins stacks. I guess I can scroll down and see if I can find what, uh, can I find it? Someone had an Andy Dalton lineup. Um, there's a Jordan Addison. So yeah, Jordan Addison came in at 18% in this contest, six receptions for 52 yards. It's fine. But again, I think at that ownership, it starts to get a little dicey, but I think it's fine. I mean, he was a good play. I just thought it was interesting that you could get a similar usage profile for $1,500 cheaper. Wow, Eddie, hi. I ran a Dallas stack with Hollywood bring back. McCarthy stinks. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of those uh, 4 p.m. games yesterday, but it seemed like that Cowboys game was massively frustrating while we're still here on the um the dfs stuff let's do our giveaway so if you guys were watching on friday's show we did um ows is doing this thing where if you are a one week season member you can gift a an annual sub to their inner circle subscription for free just based on that you can let a friend know or as jam said you could sell your 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 code to a friend or split it or something like that i have my personal code and then shout out to herd nation you guys know him from the discord he dm me and said i could give away his code as well so we're going to actually give away two there ended up being one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten of you so we're going to give away two gives you what 20% chance of winning here. It does go to show like nine spots in the winning Millie maker lineup and only 10 people out of like a hundred plus comments, um, ended up getting, uh, these correct. So also shout out to Brendan here. Brendan boatman had the moster call and actually expanded on it in the in the chat talking about how his speed was going to give this denver defense fits that was an understatement an absolute understatement there so let me shuffle this we'll be drawing two names if you win these are your youtube usernames in this show when it's over leave a comment with the best way to contact you um so if you leave me your twitter handle i'll dm you if you want to leave me your discord username i'll dm you and i'll get you the code to redeem your free ows subscription All right, look at this. Talk about uh, a perfect name to win a giveaway on Pete's portfolio review. Five coffee breaks. Five coffee breaks. Congratulations. Five coffee breaks might have been who called out Adam Thielen as well in the winning Millie Maker lineup. So shout out to five coffee breaks. Leave your comment and contact info when the show is over. Let's do one more here. Hmm. Oh, and Brendan, there you go. I, I shouted him out for expanding on why he thought Raheem Mostert would be in the uh, winning Millie Maker lineup. Brendan, congratulations. You two both won 
one week season subscriptions. If you guys didn't win and you still want to check it out, you can always get 20% off the OWS subscriptions with promo code Pete. I know JM had another big day yesterday. He was lamenting. I think he was just uh, a Kendra Miller piece away from an even bigger day. So always enjoy talking with JM and getting the thoughts of those guys over at one week season in the block party will roll on every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Let me get some more coffee and then we can talk some best ball. All right, while while the chat uh, is is helping me do my segues on this show. Let's talk again about the Deposit Kingdom in this underdog dog bowl qualifier, right? So underdog's been running this weekly qualifier tournament to a live final that they're hosting in Miami in early December. Our guy Copper Price is here and he, he's going to book in this conversation. He punched a ticket in week one. Then in week two, it was our guy Nez. I got to talk to Nez on uh, DFS After Dark on Saturday night. If you guys are YouTube members, had a really fun time talking with Nez about his background, how he met up with the Badge Bros, um, stuff about his wife doing uh, a lot of interesting stuff in the content space. So highly recommend that conversation. So then it was Nez. And then this week, then this week, all of a sudden, our guy GM GME holder also wins a ticket. And so I'm going here uh, and I'm like, all right, De Deposit Kingdom three for three and Miami tickets punch. Then I notice copper prices again down here. He pulled what Nez was trying to do, punching that second ticket. Um, truly incredible stuff. The Deposit Kingdom just absolutely crushing in these underdog contests, specifically the Dog Bowl qualifier. But shout out to GME holder. And I, su I, I suppose shout out to copper prices again. Will you leave some tickets? For the rest of us, I'm begging you. I'm begging you to leave some tickets for the rest of us. Um, let me see if I I did not have my dog bowl qualifier teams uh, here did not come close to sniffing the top of the leaderboard. Let's check out GME's team here. Deshaun Watson to Elijah Moore. Very logical stack. And then just the three nut one-offs here. Kenneth Walker, 29 points. Raheem Mostert, 41.7 points. Keenan Allen, 36.46 points. Sam Laporta, 18 points. Um, beautiful lineup there. Let's see what Copper had. Jared Goff, it's crazy that you punched this ticket without Laporta. Had Jared Goff and then had Kyle Pitts as the tight end. Naked Jared Goff and no Laporta. And this guy is going to Miami twice over. Also had the Kenneth Walker, Raheem Mostert combo and Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. So shared those same four core running backs and wide receivers. Um, oh, actually, no, his GME had Elijah Moore instead of Amari. Um, but honestly, incredible that you did this with Kyle Pitts and not Sam Laporta. That is so that you're telling me the person who won the Deposit Kingdom DraftKings tournament and Copper Prices, who's going to Miami, won with Kyle Pitts. I believe that's the thesis of the play. I think I get to chalk up my gold star lock of the week, Kyle Pitts, is a win. It's it's science. If Copper Prices wins another ticket with Kyle Pitts, if Strictly Business wins the tournament with Kyle Pitts, I have to assume that he is the, the unique variable here. Hmm. Exactly. Pitts is the key, the skeleton key. Um... 
I did have a couple okay teams in the Hail Mary, um, but still nowhere close to, to first place. I had this team here with 135 points, a Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews with the Raheem Mostert Tyree Kill block, had Mike Williams and then did do the Michael Pittman bring back there a little 4X. Eddie took down this tournament um, with Tua, Raheem Mostert, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Sam Laporta there. So lots of the one commonality across all of these is Raheem Mostert was the guy you needed here. Um, Battle Royale uh, did not make any noise in there. Had 17 entries in. I keep every week I'm I'm increasing my volume in here. Um, let's see what took down the Battle Royale. There it is again, Kenneth Walker and Raheem Moster at running back, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So this was the classic double stack, right? No bring back, Justin Herbert to Keenan and Mike Williams, and then three one-offs, Kenneth Walker, Raheem Moster, Travis Kelsey. That's what's nice. Sometimes you look at these Battle Royale lineups and I'm like, man, I don't know if I ever would have gotten on that. You look at this lineup, that's just a really clean premium double stack, best tight end, and then you scroll down a little bit for running backs um, with Raheem Mostert. Um, I really like this team. This is this is a team that I think could have been drafted by just about anyone um, throughout the week. Unless, correct me, Badge Bros, if this would have been harder to get. But I'm thinking ADP-wise, you go Kelsey, Keenan, Mike. Then Herbert falls because you've cornered the market. Then you go Kenneth Walker, then Raheem Mostert. Um, it seemed like a pretty gettable team there from Miles. So congratulations. Hmm. All right, let's um let's check out some best ball mania stuff here. Yeah, Nez confirming a, a very attainable lineup. Also, shout out Nez. Uh, we our conversation on DFS After Dark was mostly uh, evergreen stuff. Um, but Nez did give the Jarek McKinnon call out as a scroll BF down uh, running back. He didn't end up bubbling teams to the top of the leaderboard just because Mostert and Kenneth Walker had massive days. But that was a sick, sick scroll BF down call, um, especially with Pacheco a little banged up. That massive team total for the Chiefs. That was a very nice call by Nez. That's ball mania. So this was a fun day. Uh, right with the Dolphins going absolutely nuclear. Eight combined touchdowns from Raheem Moster and Devon A-Chain. I definitely had, for pretty much most of the summer, um, a, a kind of a rule of I wanted to make sure I was leaving drafts with one of A-Chain, Moster, or Jeff Wilson. And obviously the Jeff Wilson one has not worked out whatsoever, but holy shit, did the Moster and A-Chain stuff work out incredibly well yesterday. I think last week when we looked, I just had one team in the top uh, 10,000 leaderboard was able to get uh, four more pushed up there. Uh, I think all on the heels of my my Moster in A-Chain bags there. So we do now have five teams in the top 6,500 here, including a team in 443rd place. I believe it's the same team we looked at last week but i was over in the underdog uh best ball hub on fantasy life another free tool um and scoping out how many teams did i have devon a chain and raheem moster together on i was hoping it was more because i have a lot of each of them individually i have them on three teams together 
Um, and a couple of them are pretty fun teams here. Let me uh, minimize this. Um, this was a team... I believe this is a team that I drafted on the ETR stream with Herzig. Yeah, this is the one there. This team's pretty filthy. Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett, Devon Chain, Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, Jamal Williams, Raheem Mostert, Tyler Algier, and Gus Edwards. Um, wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Come on, dude. Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Allen Robinson, George Kittle, and Tyler Conklin. So this team definitely has some legs here. Um, this was a true zero RB team. I think you can go back and read the comments. I think Herzig posted it on Twitter. Um, people were apoplectic. Oh man, I just butchered that word. Um, they were aghast. Let's try that one. Um, that we waited until pick 108 <laughs> to draft uh, Devon Achade as our first uh, as our first running back. But this one is shaping up really nice here. We did some double handcucking. Kendra Miller, Jamal Williams, Devon Achade and Raheem Mostert here, and love this running back room, Algier, Edwards, Charbonnet. So lots of juice on this team. One of the teams had J.K. Dobbins on it, which really stings um, to have that dead roster spot already. This was a Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Dobbins, A-Chain, Eli Mitchell, Roshan Johnson, Raheem Mostert, Tajay Spears, and Chuba. So still a pretty good room. I think this room could survive the uh, the Dobbins bagel, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper, JSN, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Tim Patrick, Mark Andrews, Noah Fant. I actually think this one has some legs as well. And then let's see this third team. Um, oh yeah, this was another a fun one because you got both Herbert and Tua who are looking like one of the kind of nutted quarterback pairings there. Austin Eckler, Samaj P. Ryan, A-Chain, Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Zamir White, Wide receivers, Jalen Waddle, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Quentin Johnson, JSN, Justin Ross, Robert Woods, Mark Andrews, and Gerald Everett. I believe, I remember drafting this team, right? Because this was the team where it was right after the Terry McLaurin and JSN news, and I bought the dip on both of those. Terry McLaurin at 65, JSN at 89. And I remember saying, if I can drag this team to the playoffs, and this was working under the assumption that McLaurin and JSN were going to miss time to start the season. Um, I was like, I have to get some production here. And I, I uh, you know, read that epic Pat Corain thread about Robert Woods and selected him here. Little did I know that it was going to be Devon Achain and Raheem Mostert dragging this team um, early on. So this team could really get fucking hot. Um, if Eckler can ever come back, we still get Waddle coming back, hopefully getting these rookies coming on QJ in JSN, and then you just have uh, a tight end who can challenge for tight end one weeks, and then two um, awesome quarterbacks. So this is definitely a, a very, very fun team here that I'm excited about. Um, so those were my three teams that just had both of those guys together. Um, have a ton of Devon A-Chain here. You can see, and again, like a ton for me is, is 13%. I have 13% A-Chain, 13% Wilson, and let's see, what did my Moster end up? And 11% Moster. So um, close to having those guys on, at least one of those guys on, on most of my teams. But yeah, a lot of A-chain stuff here. Feel really, really good about that. It was, he was basically in that range, right? Where And now it's looking like a landmine where I was either taking Rashad Penny or I was taking Devon A-chain. Um, and at least the thesis is borne out, right? You're just hunting for 30 burgers or is it 50 burgers with, with Devon A-Chain, but feel good about having all of these guys here. And again, I should mention, if you guys want to be able to review 
your portfolio, you can go on uh, the Fantasy Life Best Ball Hub. I'll post the link down below. You get your CSV from uh, Underdog. I went through and removed a couple of the other because I have a bunch of random randomizer drafts in the same CSV. So you remove those if you want just your Best Ball Mania teams, or you can just upload your entire portfolio and go through the various tournaments. But I like for this combo tool of being able to have it for just my uh, just my um, Best Ball Mania teams. But yeah, then you can go through and look at all of your shares of these individual players here and all the various combinations. And the other kind of cool thing about this, and you guys probably saw this when I was doing my Best Ball teams during the year is you can also then go down and look at the kind of the other bringbacks and the stacks that you have with these guys in the fantasy playoffs. So like when I pull up my Raheem Mostert teams, I can go down here and see I have, you know, 18% of them with Waddle, 18% with A-Chain, 18% with Tua. You can see the most commonly drafted players, obviously with Miami and Baltimore playing in week 17. It has pushed me to a lot of Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman with those guys. And then you can check out your week 15 stacks as well versus the Jets, rest in peace, uh, versus the Cowboys, a little Jake Fergie there. And then, of course, my week 17 stacks, lots of Flowers, Bateman, little Andrews, unfortunately, 12% Dobbins there. But yeah, this is a fun tool if you guys want to uh, to be lusting uh, after your best ball teams. Let's see, I believe... I believe my team that that's in the top 500 is the one we looked at uh, last week. Um, but let me just pull this up here. I am my, my advance rate did shoot up. Um, I think I have 30 teams now advancing. I want to say, what was it last week? Was it 23? Um, I, I know I was slightly below expectation, but this uh, Miami explosion definitely pushed me up. It's fun, too, to look back at all of the, the teams at the different times that are in first. Like, the, the very first team that I drafted with Karain is in first in its league. This was the Kirk Cousins, Bryce Young team with Gibbs, Pacheco, Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, and, of course, Raheem Mostert there. Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, McLaurin, Burks, Mims. Oh, this one has Dolchich, Hayden Hurst, but Sam Laporta. This was the draft. We got Sam Laporta, I think, in the last round. Let me see if I can add this here to look at how late Sam Laporta was going that opening night. We were drafting from the one hole and took Sam Laporta at pick 193. Um, those were the good old days. Definitely one of the pro cases for drafting early. That's another huge thing for my port overall portfolio. Um, my top tight end is Sam Laporta. Um, and it's juxtaposed next to Dolchich and Kyle Pitts, which look like um, pretty rough L's right now. But holy cow. Being double the field on Sam Laporta, who is on pace to finish as the tight end one this week, his utilization has been awesome. Um, it's not just that big touchdown from yesterday. You look at this, every single week, Laporta's routes, targets per route run, and targets have all gone up. 17% and 18% targets in week one and two, and then all the way up to 35% yesterday in week three. He's looking like a total smash. I think there's only three tight ends I would want over Sam Laporta rest of season. I think it's still Kelsey, still Andrew, still Hawkinson. I think I'm taking Laporta over every other tight end going forward. So that will definitely be helpful for the portfolio um, being double the field on uh, Sam Laporta there. Hmm. All right, let's see here. Um, 
I am going to, what else was I going to check? Oh, I was going to see what my, uh, my top team here. I hate on the desktop that it doesn't show when you're on the app. It shows you which team has the most. I want to say it was this team with the club that had my most points. Yes, this is my team with 470 points. So we drafted this one. This was my sixth team I drafted. Um, we looked at this one last week. And of course, it's Moster again. This team's pretty fun. It's the two adapt has Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Samaj P. Ryan, Raheem Mostert, Tank Bigsby, and Chuba. Very, very clean running back room. Tyreek Hill, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. So we haven't even gotten the Tampa Bay Bucks points tonight. Zay Jones, Michael Gallup, Marvin Mims. God damn it. Free Marvin Mims, Sean Payton, and Jaden Reed. And then tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Jake Ferguson. So that is uh, that team's looking fun. This, this Marvin Mims usage, though, it, it's like... It's almost getting criminal. I had a tweet yesterday saying that Sean Payton is waiting until Marvin Mims shows he can score on literally every touch before he fully unleashes him, which does kind of feel like the case right now. Um, I mean, God, let's let's look at just week three here for this sample of usage. Marvin Mims, 28% of the routes. At least he finally flipped little Jordan Humphrey in routes. Um, Brandon Johnson, uh, someone named Brandon Johnson, still running more routes. We did, of course, get uh, Jerry Judy back in the lineup. But watching Cortland Sutton, a, a guy that I like, I think Cortland Sutton's good, but the amount of mistakes, and this is me being a ball knower, having that game as one of the four games in my YouTube TV quad box. I mean, Cortland Sutton made so many brutal mistakes in that game yesterday fumbled the ball what was it twice he had the one where russ hit him perfectly in the end zone and it went right through his hands and watching how efficient marvin mims is i mean to have this kind of targets per route run in this kind of a dot um they have to get this guy more involved he is absolutely electric um very encouraging stuff from marvin mims there Dave wants to know, what is my Tua and uh, Tyreek Hill exposure? Where am I clicking here? So I ended up being light on Tyreek. Um, and that was a product of a couple things. It was, one, I didn't get a ton of 104s and 105s in my drafting season. And then on top of that, I was drafting Cooper Cup ahead of Tyreek Hill um, for most of the summer. And there was that moment where... Then everyone started taking Cooper Cup ahead of him when there was the boat incident or whatever. But you can see here, I'm really light on Tyree Kill, and it does not feel good. Um, only have seven teams here with Tyree Kill. He was one of the guys that, just based on my draft slots, on thinking that Cooper Cup should have gone ahead of him, which uh, looks pretty disastrous right now, did not end up with a ton of Tyreek. Although I'm guessing that, let's see here, I have two with him on 86% of those teams. Um, ended up with way more Jalen Waddle. Um, I still think Jalen Waddle is going to have some absolutely nuclear games. We just see the way this offense is so concentrated in just funneling everything to a very specific subset of players. I mean, just ask the people who played Durham Smythe in their DraftKings cash game lineups yesterday how concentrated this offense is. I mean, they score 70 points, and Durham Smythe has, what, like three PPR points? Um, just a, a massively concentrated offense around these top guys. You want the running backs, you want Waddle, you want Tyree Kill. So yeah, I have a much bigger uh, Jalen Waddle portfolio here, and I do think that will age decently. Um, but yeah, feeling a little naked on the Tyree Kill stuff doesn't feel doesn't feel great. I will say.
Mm. Week 17 is all that matters. I agree, Chris. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who said that, but I agree. Joe says, can I get an opinion on what a good advance rate is? Yes, this is the age old question. First of all, I think it's just fun to look at it right now. I think looking at advance rates right now is completely useless or meaningless um, as of right now, because if you wanted me to hack the advance rate game, I could have drafted 150 best ball teams that had a fucking dynamite early season advance rate. It's really easy. You don't draft injured players. You don't draft rookies. You draft a lot of running backs earlier at the positions where we can bank on the volume, stuff like that. Like you can juice your early season advance rates, but on average, you're looking at two out of 12, which comes out to, I think it's what, like 16, around 16%. So if you were just an average drafter in your room, you should be advancing around 16% of your teams. That's the general rule of thumb. So if you have way more than that, you're probably doing very well. If you have way below that, you're either doing bad or you have so fully optimized for your playoff teams that that you're behind the eight ball there. And that's why I feel pretty good about my early advance rate right now um, because I have so much JSN. I have so much Quentin Johnson. You can look at my wide receivers here. JSN, QJ, Garrett Wilson, Burks, Mims, got Dotson. Like not a single one of my my higher exposure wide receivers has hit so far. One nice thing with the JSN is I kind of have it, um, I don't know what the term would be, like barbelled with Tyler Lockett. I had a ton of early Tyler Lockett, um, which was kind of part of the thesis, right? Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf producing early, JSN coming on late. So I feel really good with how my portfolio is shaking out. And then you get a guy like Laporta, who is I I was expecting to be more of a late season hammer. And then you're getting the early season production from him. It's kind of flipped to how I thought I was going to get JSN. Like I thought I was going to get a little more early season JSN production and wait on Laporta. And now it's completely flipped. Laporta is smashing right now in JSN and QJ are slow off the rip there. But I mean, when you think about all of these players, Kendra Miller, um, Brees Hall, like my, there's a lot of early season holes in my portfolio as far as production i'm not getting james cook looks like a nice win here so the fact that i'm advancing um around expectation right now with all of these young guys a lot of players like Brees hall and javante williams who are still kind of getting ramped up um feel pretty good about it uh feel pretty good about getting a few really fun teams into the playoff shootout here hmm Miles, how do you check advance rate? You got to do a little back of the napkin uh, math. It's really easy. If you have 150 best ball mania teams, you go over to your uh, best ball mania. You see how many of them have a little one medallion or a number two. You count that number up and you divide it by 150. That number gives you your advance rate. And then if you are, what is it? 25 out of 150. So if you're above this number, 16.6%, you have a above average advance rate. If you're below it, you have a below average advance rate. Are you feeling good about Brees in general? Um, no. I mean, the, the like, I basically just tried to ignore um, or not think about how sick to my stomach I am about Aaron Rodgers being out for the season because I, I still think 
I still think both Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall are they're going to be better than having dead roster spots, right? But the the ceiling outcomes for those guys, like Garrett Wilson, you know, putting up 30 point games, Brees Hall, you know, just having all of these extra goal line carries that just materialize because the offense is in the red zone so much. All of that stuff is off the table. Um I'm less worried about Brees Hall than I am about Garrett Wilson though. Um I think at his cost, right? Like we were paying a one-two turn price for Garrett Wilson. And now those ceiling outcomes are going to be much harder to come by. That's going to be tough for him to pay off that draft cost. I think Reese Hall, where he was going, where we were selecting him at points anywhere from the early third to the early fifth round. I think that price can age very gracefully. The team has been very steadfast of saying, we are not ramping this guy up right out of the gate. It's going to be a slow ramp up. It's why they brought in Dalvin Cook. Someone mentioned in the chat, uh, the the week six Brees Hall smash is going to feel so good. Um, the problem is, is it like, it's not a locked in bankable thing. I honestly think with Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the Brees Hall run out was going to be absolutely epic. Now we have to dodge some more bullets. We have to jump through a few more rings. Um, we need some competent quarterback play. You see the videos yesterday, Michael Carter having a meltdown on the sideline, Garrett Wilson arguing with Zach Wilson. Like this team is going to need a turnaround of somehow. Um, and I will admit like, hasn't been the cleanest of spots for Zach Wilson, but he's awful, right? He's awful. And I do think for us to feel good about our Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson shares, we're going to need something to change in that quarterback room. I remember it even last year, right? Where the team was so out on Zach Wilson and, you know, Elijah Moore basically got ran out of town because of Zach Wilson. Yes, he had the, the stuff with the coach, but it all stemmed from really horrible quarterback play. And then the team fucking loved Mike White. And I, I'm sure Mike White's a nice guy, but I read that more as we, anyone but Zach Wilson, give us anyone but Zach Wilson. So that's my, that's my concern. Just like the team level implosion, systemic risk of Zach Wilson fucking, you know, nuking this team from a morale purpose, from a fantasy point purpose. So yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about Brees Hall. I'm worried about Garrett Wilson. Um, They need to get a veteran quarterback in there. And like, preferably someone with a pulse. I heard that they were like kicking the tires on Chad Henney. It's like, can we do better than Chad Henney? Can you, can you just, can you make a trade for Jacoby Brissett happen? Just something like that. Just something like that. But yeah, I'm fucking worried. What happened to Rashad Bateman? Yeah, man, that's him not being able to take advantage of that spot yesterday. He's out there on the field. You see Zay Flowers, 100% of the routes, 26 or 33% of the targets. But Aguilar is out, um, out routing him. And then you see Devin Duvernay coming in, running 24% of the routes. And so, yeah, it's just not going to happen at a 10% target share there and 11% targets per route run. You can you can make the case that they're still ramping him up, right? That he, he wasn't ready um, for the start of the season and that he'll continue to see his role increase. But the ceiling outcomes for Rashad Bateman are going to be tough, right? Because Mark Andrews isn't going away. Mark Andrews, 17% of the targets. Zay Flowers is really fucking good. He's going to continue to earn targets at a high clip. Um, so even if Rashad Bateman, I think the way we have to view Rashad Bateman now is as like the boom bust guy. Like he's more in DJ Chark range than he is in like ascending to be a fifth, sixth round type value pick. That's how I'm viewing him. Because I definitely think with Rashad Bateman's speed, with this offense, you know, hopefully hitting its stride a little bit more, Rashad Bateman can have a few games. 
but the league winning scenarios for Rashad Bateman feel extremely thin right now. And maybe that's me being too overreactive. Maybe that's me forgetting that week 17 is all that matters. But the way I'm feeling about it now is he's probably going to need an injury to really um, realize any ceiling outcomes. Katie says Raven's so injured. Andrews Bateman suffering for it. Yeah, I mean, they are just a super snake-bitten team right now. Um, now Gus Edwards, I think, is banged up. I know in the ship-chasing Discord this morning, people were talking about um, their medical staff being atrocious. Them and the uh, the Chargers, right? Having a, a Spider-Man meme point off on who can be the, the worst medical staff in the league. Yes, get us Jacoby post haste. Yeah, I'll even take I'll even take Philly Rivers now. Um, oh, GAP, can you confirm or deny that you're atop the drafters leaderboard? There is someone by the name of Pissboy Pete. I would like to think it's in homage to my younger self, who was a true piss boy and wasn't taking Brees Hall and, and Josh Jacobs in the second and the third round. Um, but yeah, shout out to Pissboy Pete. Take that one down for all the Pissboy Petes out there. Um, all right, guys. I appreciate you. This has been Pete's Portfolio Review. We're here every Monday morning at 10 a.m. reviewing our teams across DFS, across the best ball landscape, the underdog daily tournaments. Um, one more week of not having the club tomorrow on Tuesday. Clay is still in Greece on his honeymoon. I mean, how long is this fucking honeymoon, dude? Um, congratulations to Clay and Andy. We'll be back, though, shortly for that. The usual stuff um, this week, block party, DFS strategy show with jams on Fridays. Then we bounce immediately over to the Underdog Daily channel for off and on the clock. Um, a really fun uh, underdog strategy show I've been doing with the Badge Bros. Thursday night, we got, I believe it's Packers-Lions. So we'll be having the ship cast, the Thursday night football companion stream. Been getting lots of good feedback on that. Mute the broadcast, throw us on. We've been doing pickums. Hit a really nice one that we built at halftime. We'll be doing giveaways as well. I think we have a $300 giveaway rolling over to this Thursday. I'm checking my schedule here to see if I'm missing anything else. I'm going to be hopping on XM here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do that with Kendall Valenzuela, 11 to 1. And in my newsletter, I wrote all about my schedule a few weeks back. So if you have questions about my schedule, it is all there in the P.O. Box newsletter. Shout out to uh, producer Phil on the ones and twos today, helping us out with the production behind the scenes. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your week. I'll be hanging out in the Hand Builder and DFS um, OptoBro private Discord channel later today looking at the two-game slate for tonight. So if you want to become a member, unlock that. We talk strategy for both Showdown in these two-game slates. We'll post the leverage charts from our friends over at Run the Sims, looking at the Optimals, all that good stuff. So that membership locks you into all of that. You get the two extra shows a week, DFS After Dark. I'm going to announce my guests for that in a, a day or two for Saturday night. You get the Sunday morning cram at 10.45 a.m. And then you get the private channel in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. So very good deal there for $7.99 a month and uh, two extra shows and the Discord. So join us in there, become a YouTube member and help support the channel. Otherwise, I will see you guys uh, soon. Have a great rest of your Mondays. Peace.